If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself. But even better, they've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information, all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework. When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We're talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Friday, August 25th, and we are still here despite our vacation. Well, we're not here here, but we are here for you. We are answering your questions. And if you've got a financial question, all you need to do is go to the website, jillonmoney.com and click the contact us button. Then we'll get you uh, your email. And maybe if you want to come on the air, just check the little box while you're on the website. There's a whole bunch of free stuff like the free weekly newsletter, which comes out every Friday. I think you'd really enjoy that. We've got the blog. We've got resources. And you can also spend a few bucks. You can buy the book, The Great Money Reset, or subscribe and or subscribe to our service called Jill on Money Live for $35. You'll have access to quarterly live webinars and some interesting uh, bonus video content that we're really trying to beef that section up. So you'll have to check that out. Okay, right now, let's do an email. This is from Carol, who's asking about life insurance. Here's the message. With two high wage earners and three children who are ages 12 to 18, do you recommend whole life as a strategy for a tax-free inheritance for the children or term life or use the money for investments? It is very hard to make the case for whole life insurance, Carol. Uh, And the reason is it's expensive. And by the way, it's great to have insurance proceeds. It's wonderful. But wouldn't it be better for you to actually have more control of the money during your life, invest it more efficiently? So here's the first thing to do, Carol. Number one, you're going to run an analysis, analysis to see how much life insurance you actually need. Because maybe you've got a pile of money saved already and you don't need that much life insurance. That's number one. Once you determine how much money you need, the next step is for how long would you need it? So that would be sort of the term question. And you didn't mention your ages, but, you know, if you've got two high wage earners, your youngest is 12, maybe the best thing to do is just get like a 10 
year level term life insurance policy, use the extra money that you have, and don't worry too much about a tax-free inheritance. That sounds like something that some salesperson has pitched to you, not actual need. So um, I'd love to hear back from you. I really would like to hear more about what else is going on. We can give you much more specific information about whether or not you need life insurance at all. If you do need it, probably term. If you need term for how long that term should be, and then love to hear more about what your investment looks like, what the the general investment uh, allocation is and how much money's in traditional, Roth, and taxable accounts. So give us a holler back. Sandra writes, I am 66 and one month old. <laughs> um, I would like to retire next year. Should I put my money now in a Roth IRA? Hmm, I want to put my money somewhere where I don't have to pay a fee to take out the money in my account. I have $36,000 in a 401k and $350,000 in a rollover IRA, and it's managed. I'm paying a fee to have it managed. What's my best solution? Well, Sandra, if you're going to retire next year, I don't know if you need to put the money in the Roth right now. Here's what I'd like to know. Number one is when you retire, is this chunk of money... This $36,000 plus the three fifty, dollars this almost $400,000, is this money you're going to need to withdraw to live on? Um, will you have a pension? Will your Social Security be um, kicking in and providing you the income you need? I mean, generally speaking, an idea that you might want to consider is that if you have some Social Security income, if you've got some money outside of retirement, if you think that you don't need to claim your um, your benefits this minute in, for Social Security because you might have a pension, it is possible that we could start pulling some of your money out right now and pay in a lower tax bracket. But we do need some more information. Again, if you're sending us these questions, I love them, but please send us as much information as you can. Barry writes about a reverse mortgage and he says, I'm 71 years old and I'm considering getting a reverse mortgage. I have no heirs and I realize that this is simply a line of credit against my house. But since I have no heirs, it might be worthwhile to get some money out at closing and then 880 bucks a month for 15 years. Um, I'd love you tackling this product. Uh, Listen, reverse mortgages have gotten a ton better. And so I guess the big question is, do you need this money? Do you need this money to live on? And if you don't have any heirs, I don't see a huge downside to this, but I would make sure that you have a, an attorney who can help walk you through what the issues are, because it is great to get the money, but I want to know like, well, what would happen if you needed to go to a facility? Uh, what other money do you have? There are some other considerations to to at least weave into the story. It is true that that a reverse mortgage, which used to be a horrible and expensive and very confusing product, has gotten so much better. And, you know, like it, it is it, it is worth considering as an option, especially if you need cash flow. OK, uh, Terry writes, I'm 75. My spouse will be 68 in late uh, later this year. Terry said, I retired when I was 62 and I took Social Security at that time, hmm, that means, remember, when you take um, Social Security early, you have a permanently lowered benefit. I have also been drawing on a FERS, meaning a pension through the government, and my IRAs. 
My wife worked for um, a state university medical center for 22 years. She retired 20 years ago. She has not drawn her pension. We had $1.2 million in all accounts, accounts combined when I retired. Our accounts are now down, oh my gosh, to five to 600000 That's a serious haircut, man. That's halved. Wow. We refinanced a 15-year mortgage for a 30-year um, about three and a half years ago. At the time, we still had a child in college, so we needed and wanted better cash flow without drawing upon our IRAs. Now that he's graduated, we no longer have that expense, so we put $1,000 a month towards principal only. Question, should we continue to put $1,000 a month towards principal? The house is worth about $700,000. The remaining mortgage is just about $200,000. We love our home and setting. It's too much house and yard for people our age. We think we should downsize. However, the closest child lives almost 800 miles away. Hmm. My wife hasn't started drawing her Social Security. Is it prudent not to draw until she's 70 so that her payout will increase? Or should we start drawing Social Security so we don't have to draw much out of the IRAs? We currently are withdrawing $4,200 a month from the IRAs. That's, boy, Mark, that's the, uh, there it is, right? Excuse me. Um, So let's just go through this. So Terry's 75, spouse is 68, okay? And now they have a a retirement account, they have retirement accounts that are worth five to 600,000. Here's what I think. She hasn't drawn on her pension yet, and she has not drawn on her social security yet. So the question is, she's got two more years. Mark, do we let, do we try to take some more money out of the retirement account and then let her max out at 70. And then also, so hopefully that the, the social security plus her pension help basically obviate the need for taking more money out. Uh, perhaps. I mean, they're taking 50 grand out now from five to $600,000 account. They should only be taking, taking about 20,000 at most. I mean, this is not a good trajectory. No, it's not. So what I'm, th- but they do have that thousand dollars a month. Stop paying your money that principal. Don't pay, pay. Don't, certainly, do not use a thousand dollars a month towards principal, because if you're going to think about selling, then that's a very bad decision. So let's use that thousand dollars a month and reduce the amount of money you're pulling from your IRAs from forty two hundred to three thousand. Okay, that's number one. I think that I need to know. Let me ask you this. I'm going back at you, Terry. If you had your wife claim Social Security. And you had your wife claiming her um, her pension. Would that then negate the need for drawing from your IRAs? If the answer is yes, then I'm going to say just go for it. I think they got. I think you're right, Mark. We have to preserve that half million dollars. Yeah, I mean, I mean, she's 68, so you know, it's not like she's 62. Right. I I would start taking Social Security. They they get they got to stop with this IRA. I think so. That's such a. It's like it's a. It just shows you like you can really deplete yourselves over the course of 10 or 12 years, which is why those are incredibly important decisions to make. Right. And hello, hello. If someone's managing this, this this should be communicated to them. They're taking out too much money. Well, maybe it has been. I don't want to throw the, the broker under the bus yet. Maybe. But anyway, I'm going to try to give people the benefit of the doubt. Ha! Huh, what's that like? All right. Last question. <laughs> Bonnie says, I just discovered I'm the beneficiary in a life insurance policy. Well, lucky for you. Are there tax implications? No, there are not. Life insurance proceeds are not 
taxable to the beneficiary. So good for you, Bonnie. It's Friday. Let's do some business. Our music is composed by Joel Goodman. Mark Talercio is our executive producer and Webb King. And we are distributed by Cadence 13. We would be very grateful if you could leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to this pod. And of course, try to put your hands metaphorically on someone's back. Change your work, change your wealth, change your life. Thank you for listening. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.